0: If you have your Bible, uh, turn with me to Matthew. We're going to look at uh, two key verses tonight, in Matthew uh, 4 and then in Matthew 6. You can just kind of put your finger uh, around uh, those chapters. Uh, I want to share with you, uh, this has been a different day and staying in that vein. It's going to be a different evening tonight. Uh, More of testimony uh, than it is sermon tonight, Uh, I, I want to share with you, Uh, what Carrie and I have had an opportunity to share with a number of people one-on-one, and I just felt impressed uh, by the Lord to share uh, corporately what he's been teaching Carrie and I this year through fasting. Now let me start by sharing a couple very important things. I am not an expert or a spiritual giant in the subject of fasting. Far from that. I don't share from a heart tonight to say, let me tell you everything that I know and everything that I've experienced because it is something to behold. That, that is not the heart or attitude of which I share tonight at all. I'm sharing as one who has, has discovered a means of grace, a spiritual discipline that opens a door to blessing that I go, how could I have been around this for so many decades and not have tapped into the power that is there. And so some of you may be uh, supporting from an echoing amen going, Oh, God bless pastor. He's slow. It took him a while to get it. <laughs> you may have a testimony to say, I have, I have lived this and embraced this and experienced this for decade upon decade. And I want to challenge you tonight as you hear Carrie and I share about what God is teaching us. I am convinced that God wants us To continue to create environments where we can pass on where what Psalms talks about is one generation declaring to another generation of the goodness of God. Amen? Amen. So that's kind of the heart of where we're going. I have a little outline for you there um, that was passed out, I think. Uh, If you have a white piece of paper that says biblical fastened at the top, wave at me. Okay, we have it. Very good. All right, good. Very good. If you need one of those and you'd like one of those, just raise your hand and one of our ushers will get to you. We've got a few over here. And uh, so, ushers, could you help me deputize some some helpers? Very good. Very good. I want us to look at biblical fasting. Now, I need to share that fasting has had a black eye for the last few hundred years for a couple of key reasons, uh, and fasting has recently gained some traction, and it's not just in the spiritual arena or the Christian arena, it's, it's been in many other arenas, and there is some value to fasting physically, there's some value to fasting for a number of other categories, but that's not what I'm sharing about tonight. I want to share about biblical fasting. As you take your Bible, look at Matthew chapter 4, verse and when we're looking at the the subject of fasting these are two key passages of scripture that we would be amiss if we did not look at them and talk about them and understanding and and sharing declaring from one generation to the next about god's goodness in this discipline of fasting matthew 4 4 we find jesus who was led into the wilderness and as he is fasting and Seeking wisdom from the Father, he quotes this scripture as the enemy is tempting him. It is written, Jesus says, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. It's interesting to me that here, Jesus in the desert, as he is fasting, as he is praying, and the temptation comes to him, he could have said anything... And it would have been with the authority of Scripture. He's the Son of God. Uh, Isn't that cool? I mean, whatever he says becomes Scripture. He could have said anything, but there's some value to him declaring the the Scriptures, and he's teaching us some value in what it means to to quote Scripture, to pray Scripture. That's a a whole other message. But he, he recites this Scripture from Deuteronomy 8, 3. Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. I was driving through Fort Wayne the other day, and and I saw um, a a billboard of a bread company that I believe resides here in Fort Wayne. Can someone help me with the name of this? Sunbeam. Very good. And at the bottom of that, uh, it caught my eye, it listed this scripture, man does not live on bread alone. I thought, what a really awesome thing for a bread company to get. I mean, we we need bread. There's value in eating. This is not a call to say never, ever eat again. But we don't live by bread alone. And then it's kind of sandwiched or coupled with Matthew 6, 16 through 18. Jesus is teaching here in the Sermon on the Mount, and he's just talked about Giving money he's just talked about praying and now he's going to talk about fasting and these are the words that we Hear and we think of often when we think about fasting when you fast jesus says Do not look somber as the hypocrites do for they disfigure their faces to show others that they are fasting Truly, I tell you they have received the reward in full But when you fast put oil on your head and wash your face So that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting but only to your father who is unseen and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. It's this passage of Scripture that I wrestled with this last December. As I felt God call uh, me and, and, and ultimately ended up calling our family to a fast, I thought, well, Lord, I, I shouldn't share this with the church family. I mean, I, I, I'm following your words here, Jesus, in, in Matthew 6, that, that this should be secret. And I want to do this in obedience to you. And I want the full reward, the full benefit of what you want to do in my life. And I don't want to short-circuit this or short-change it by talking about it. And And I felt the Lord so clearly say to me, Brady, look at the context of what I was teaching. I shared a part of this with you uh, last January and then again at, in about 40 days after that. That here Jesus is talking about giving and and he says, don't just... Given away that everybody knows what's going on. Give so your right hand doesn't know what your left hand is doing. Is this to say that we should not take an offering? Nazarenes are good at taking an offering every time we gather. We, we love to give and support the work of the kingdom of God, and so I don't think it's telling us that we should never ever give corporately. Does it mean that if you see a need, that you should never ever meet that need unless you can find some way to do it anonymously? I don't think that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying it's a heart motive issue in giving. And then it moves to prayer. When Jesus says, don't just pray on the street corners and you just love to wail and you love to go on and on and on and you love to get in a rhyme and you love to kind of just... Flow in that prayer and, and people are impressed with your prayer. In fact, you can draw a crowd by how well you pray. Have you ever been around somebody that you're just mesmerized by how they pray? I mean, their attitude may have been right, but you're just like, wow, if I could pray like that. It just sounds godly. It's like they've got a direct line somewhere. And, and Jesus is saying, hey, hey, don't let your prayer be focused on what other people think of your prayer. Let your heart be focused. Motivated by what God hears and then it's in that context we see this teaching about fasting and it's it's an issue of motivation if your motivation in fasting is to get attention for yourself then That's your reward But there is something far greater than just getting attention There's something far greater than just making yourself miserable or some kind of penance per se that you walk through There is a blessing that God says if you do this with the right motive I have a blessing for you. I all sure that to say it's out of that heart tonight that I think we desperately need to share with one generation to another on this spiritual discipline that is very biblical. It is a God-given gift to us in the area of fasting. It's not one that we should be silent about. Now, our motives need to be right, just like in giving, just like in prayer, that it shouldn't be that, you know what, <laughs> you need to know, Lorraine. Who did I pray today? I tell you what, when I prayed, it was just amazing. In fact, you know what? Sometime I'll invite you to listen to me pray if you'd like to. I mean, it just sounds strange. It's just obviously not the heart in which God calls us to cry out to Him. It's arrogant. It's it's, it's misunderstanding the whole concept of prayer. The same thing is true with fasting. And so it's not that we should be silent about this. In fact, I think we have missed for a long time the power that is available to us in fasting if we could talk to one another about the greatness of God And not the greatness of our self-discipline or the greatness of our suffering But the greatness of who he is and so from that i'm going to invite carrie to join me and you can sit or stand honey Whatever you want to do um, And uh, this will be a little bit fluid tonight uh, what, what is most important to me is that we can unload what's on our heart So it can be edifying to the father first and second that it may encourage you be a blessing to you as a reminder of something that God has already taught you or possibly be an invitation to something you go. You know, what? I I don't know that I've ever participated in that spiritual discipline or at least that way and and maybe maybe I could pray about asking God what he would have me do a couple quick thoughts uh, real quickly is what. Has happened to fasting Richard Foster gives us two key thoughts about why I think fasting is is so misunderstood one of his first thoughts is this bad reputation that fasting has received is is been from the dark ages Where fasting was taken as an outward expression of how sincere you were in your faith in an era when there was not much internal personal relationship talked about with jesus it became legalistic and about how much suffering you would go through and out of a response of of a movement to have a personal experience with jesus and to downplay this religious legalism we have almost lost this gift of fasting matched with the constant propaganda that We are fed today, especially in our Western society, especially in the United States, and I think Indiana, we're leading the pack of understanding this God-given right to have three very large meals a day, mixed with some good healthy snacks in between. This is not only okay, this is like a God-given right, and we should just indulge in this over and over. And these two extreme ideas have caused us to see fasting as not only irrelevant, but almost something that should be taboo and we shouldn't really deal with. It's only for the spiritually elite. It's not something that should be a part of the everyday practice. Fasting, defined for us, what I mean by this is the voluntary denial of an otherwise normal function... For the sake of an intense spiritual activity. It's voluntary. It's not forced upon us. But I am denying something that may even be good in and of itself. So I could have an intense spiritual encounter with God. It's sobering to realize that this first statement that Jesus gives about fasting here in Matthew 6... Is dealing with motive and as much as it is a caution to not have a motive of fasting to draw attention to ourself I think there's a warning for us that jesus gives that fasting should not be with mixed motives that if I could somehow go on a hunger strike I'm going to show God how sincere I am and I'm going to force God To do what I want him to do God. I am not going to eat I'm not going to do whatever until you do what I want you to do. It can be viewed as this manipulation of God. And, and this is obviously not with the motives or the intent that God wants us to do. And so there's something else. There, there's a different motivation that can take place. There's often stress that's placed on the blessings of fasting. So much so that we begin to think that it's about what you and I receive in fasting, not so much of what God receives from us in fasting well i want to press pause there and we're going to come back to that handout in just a little bit but uh as i told you this is not like a lecture or a uh, even a a lesson or a teaching so much on fasting as it is a testimony of what god has been teaching carrie and teaching me uh, this year through fasting and so carrie i'd like for you to just open up and share um what was it like and and what was uh the words you felt from the lord when we were praying together about fasting, you described that, and then I'll share a little bit about that, that call to a fast.
1: Well, when Brady first shared with me that he felt called to fast, if I am completely transparent, that was not something I was interested in doing. Um, partially because, um, rightfully so, I had had some medical reasons in the past that I hadn't been able to go without eating. I, I dealt with some different medical reasons and um, so I I believe, I know that's actually something that a lot of people deal with but I believe that I started hiding behind those reasons Um, I was I guess hesitant to do anything that I would have to deny myself anything Um, that was something that was really difficult for me and so I began my own fight with God about what that would mean and the more I fought with God the more God said This is absolutely what you need to do. And so um, after seeking uh, medical advice, um, I did a juice fast uh, where Brady did a water-only fast. And so uh, the Lord called me to that, um, which was still very difficult for me mentally to think about what does this mean and what is this. I, in my heart, wanted to follow what God had for me, but not necessarily if that meant denying myself something. And so... um, I went in a little bit kicking and screaming, uh, but the Lord had a big plan
0: for me. Amen. 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 As Carrie shared, uh, the Lord impressed on me and then ended up impressing on Carrie uh, last December to join the Lord on a fast. And uh, as some of you and I have had opportunities to share over the last almost year now, I've shared part of this story with a number of individuals not in this setting like this, um, it would be important for you to know some of my background in fasting. Like before God called me to this, I think I had fasted for like, I don't know, 30 hours once. Uh, and it was because I was a youth pastor and there was this 30-hour famine thing. And if the kids are going to do it, then probably the youth pastor should do it. <laughs> But there was this secret temptation of, well, I need to fast when I'm with them, but surely I can make my way to the local quick trip or Lassus Handy Dandy here and and get some candy. I mean, you know, I I shouldn't be famished. I, I need to have something to eat. And so this was not out of a, well, this is just some great discipline that I had uh, earned or gained or had been raised in. This was a relatively new experience with this discipline in my life. And so as God was calling me to this, some of my wrestling was, God, I need to know this is you speaking to me. And we had shared with uh, some of our spiritual mentors, shared with my parents, and they were encouraging, as I would expect. And over the holidays... My dad wanted nothing more than to talk about this the whole Christmas vacation. And I had shared out of a weak moment knowing I needed accountability, but not really out of a heart that had resolved that this is exactly what God was calling me to yet. And so when he wanted to talk about it more and more, I thought, I want accountability, but like from a distance, like lay off. (laughs) And weird stuff began to grow in me, like, you know, attitudes that I thought were dead of, "Hey, hey, I'm my own man. I've got my own house. Just kind of back off here dad, you know, just stop it And I found that there was this resistance and I thought lord, what is this? And so I was kind of encouraged at that moment thinking oh, you know what? This is a fleshly desire This is not what the lord wants me to do And so we came home from christmas vacation and I just thought well carrie I think this is not of the lord And so, as as had been my pattern, when I'm seeking God's will, I will pray with all sincerity, God, I think this is what you're saying. If I'm missing it, would you bring conviction on my heart? But this time, fully expecting that there'd be no conviction, and so I said, "Carrie, I just think this is not the time. I don't think God is calling us to this. I don't know why we thought of this. Um, Like, in two days, it's coming upon us, so surely this can't be right, and so we went to bed... And I made the edict for our house. This is not what God has for us. I woke up the next morning, and it was like a ton of bricks on my chest. It was the conviction that I had prayed over and over on many scenarios in in my life that, God, if I move it in a direction that's not what you want, would you bring conviction? And he brought conviction. And I sensed the Holy Spirit saying, do you want to obey me, or do you want to eat now, hear me tonight as you're hearing this i'm not suggesting that god is calling you to do this I have no idea what god's calling you to do But I know there's a blessing that he's brought to us in fasting and I want to share from one generation to another that god Can do something in us when we seek him with this kind of uh, uh, Sacrificing desire not about our sacrifice, but about what he can displace in us. So that was a little bit of that start and so <laughs> All the books that you read of how to prepare for a fast will tell you that you need to stair-step down, you know, get rid of caffeine and, and begin to cleanse yourself. Well, because of this, um, I don't know, mild rebellion or not so mild rebellion, the night before when I sensed that we weren't going to be moving this direction, I called Pizza Hut and ho-ho, we've got a large ham and green olive pizza.
1: And he went to Kroger,
0: and, and went to he Kroger, bought Kroger some candy. And I got, oh, $15 worth of the best gas station candy that you could ever imagine. And if you don't know what that is, that's a separate discussion later. And and we just, we just had a feast, which ended up being more of a grieving time, later the Lord highlighted for me. Not a good way to prepare yourself for a fast, but that's where our hearts were. Carrie, why don't you share with us some of the things that God began to... Uh, point out to you of the purpose of this fast. I think whenever God calls us to a fast, He often will say, this is what I'm calling you to do. And so what did you sense God put in your heart for a reason or a purpose as you and I begin to have unity in our heart that God was calling us to this? Why? Why was He calling us to this?
1: Um, this is where things get really um, emotional for me because um, God basically within the fast asked me a very direct question and I heard very clearly from him and he said Carrie am I all you need or what and I had been battling with you know I can't let go of bread or cheese or all of these things and I felt like in my case food isn't an evil thing but in my case food was stopping up my ears from hearing from God And I was fighting with him. And I feel like when he calls us to radical obedience, he says, are you willing? And if I'm not willing, then that thing is an idol. And so food had become an idol for me, something, um, I didn't want to give up. And so the Lord started talking to me about radical obedience and what that meant and what that looked like. And I I forgot to bring my chalkboard. I had had it on the counter, but, um, The Lord had me write on this chalkboard, He is all I need. And that chalkboard still sits on my kitchen window. And I look at it every day and realizing that He is all that I need. And He called me to this radical obedience. And it took something extreme like that for me to see that anything that stops me from hearing from Him is an idol.
0: Amen. The purpose that God placed in my heart, uh, if I would answer the question, why did you do this? Why do you feel God called you to do this? It It was very simple, not easy, but very clear and simple. To hear God more clearly for us as a church. This was the number one reason why, since God was calling me to the fast, at least that was the priority in my heart, is I wanted to hear God so clearly for what he wanted to do in and through us here at Grace Point. The second was I wanted to hear God so clearly for what he wanted to do in the wise heart house. And third, I, I wanted to hear God speak to me personally. If I'm honest, that was the order in which I really wanted to hear And not because I didn't want to be obedient, but because that was just what was on my heart. But God decided to take that upside down and say, Brady, I I want to speak to you first. And then there's going to be some overflow and trickle into your family. And then from that, I want to show you what I want to do in the church through what I am teaching you. And that gets to this idea of of what is the purpose of a fast. And back to the outline that you have there in front of you, uh, the, the primary purpose for fasting... Biblical fasting always is to focus on God if there's any other objective It may be a fast, but I would suggest it's not a biblical fast if the purpose of fasting is for health reasons This could be good, but it's not a, a spiritual a biblical fast It doesn't mean that it's it's wrong necessarily, but it's, it's different than what scripture is talking about here John Wesley says first Let fasting be done unto the Lord with our eyes fixed on Him. Let our intention be this, and this alone, to glorify our Father which is in heaven. The the only intention that we need to have is that I want to bring glory to God. I want to focus on Him. And then when that primary purpose is met, there is a boatload of secondary and tertiary purposes and benefits that come through fasting. A few that I want to make sure that we, we catch tonight. I think one of the greatest blessings in secondary purposes, once we glorify God first and focus on Him first, is fasting begins to reveal the things in us that control us. When we say no to food, when we say no to media, when we say no to whatever it is we feel God prompting us to, there is some kind of highlighting, some kind of bringing to the surface the things that begin to Scream out for control in our life This was very evident in Carrie and I's life and we're going to talk about that in a minute, but a couple other things uh, it, it Is a blessing or a secondary purposes to keep life in balance It's amazing how easy it allow it is to allow the non-essentials in life to really drive our life I had no idea how many Hours of the day I spent tied to food one way or another either either eating it Either thinking about what I was going to eat, either getting what I was going to eat, traveling to eat it with you, or reminiscing how good it was what I ate. And when this time all of a sudden became open, it began to open my eyes to a balance that I thought, Lord, I don't know that I saw this in my life. And again, I'm not suggesting that God is calling us not to eat. He wired us to eat He gave us animals, and he gave us the the fruit of the land to partake of and to eat, and this is a good thing, and this is a blessing, but just like any God-given gift, the enemy can take it and pervert it and twist it and turn it into something that's detrimental to us. Also, as a benefit, it increases our effectiveness in intercessory prayer. It brings guidance when we make decisions at a whole new level. It increases our spiritual focus. It brings deliverance from bondages that we are wrapped up in and it improves our physical well-being as well there's there's a bunch of these and i'm not going to take time tonight to walk through the biblical example but maybe if god's stirring your heart i would encourage you to read some of these passages when you see what god did through people who are listed here this is not a list in totality but a good place to start seeing what god has done from generation to generation biblically through the call to fast i want to come back to uh... maybe some things that that we've learned through this fasting process. One that God was doing in me is highlighting a new level of dependence on him. As Carrie shared, um, the doctor did not clear her to do a a water fast. And uh, I was secretly hoping that the doctor would say the same thing to me. And I heard a different thing from the doctor. He said, Brady, you got enough cheeseburgers packed on you. You're good for a long time. There's no medical reason why this would be dangerous for you. Let's make sure your blood levels stay in line. Let's make sure we do this uh, responsibly. And, and I began to see quickly in the first few days that this idea of me hearing clearly from God for the church first was not what God had planned. I began to quickly see that what I thought would be enduring misery for the sake of Christ, to just suffer with Jesus, was not happening. And I want to just maybe take a minute to talk about what, you know what, probably most of you already know, and so just humor your pastor and say, well, God bless him, God's teaching him something new. And so let that be a reminder to you, or maybe this would be something new, but some of the physical things that take place in a fast like this, when you stop eating, and and I want to make sure I'm clear that any time you're doing a fast where you are drinking water only or you're severely altering your diet, you want to bring in the medical professionals to make sure that this is safe for you. But whenever you start doing this, it's amazing the things that I thought were limiting me that really weren't limiting me, they were just controlling me. And so after the second day of no food and just water, I began to get grumpy. And something we did not plan, <laughs> Gary, amens, <laughs> something we did not plan, which I, I look back and God gave us a grace gift, but the first three or four days of this fast, we were on vacation at home. And you know what? I don't know if it was a vacation for anybody in my house, uh, but we were just uh, safeguarded away from you so you didn't have to <laughs> receive the brunt of my grumpiness. But I, I found myself wanting to blame my attitude, my shortness, uh On a lack of food and what the Lord highlighted was food had been covering up What had been? clogged up there anyway And God said Brady I want to purge this from you So we're standing there at the children's is it the children's museum? science Science museum and (laughs) Looking back now is like day two. Okay, and so, like, most of us are very fine on day two. I couldn't walk up the steps. I mean, this passage of Scripture, don't disfigure your face. It's a good thing you weren't there with me. I mean, it was just, oh, my goodness, I can't believe it. I'd shared with friends. I brought in accountability. I thought, God, what are you doing to me? There's 38 days left. I'm going to die. And I made a vow to my wife and to my family that if there was a medical issue, this is not a hunger strike. I wanted to obey God. We would just end whenever it was unsafe. So I'm thinking, oh, I hope tomorrow's unsafe. Oh, I hope I go, and the doctor says, Brady, you are on death's doorstep. But as I was pressing through, I was on the doorstep of life. And day three broke the hunger. And I began to see a little bit more clearly that I really had never been hungry in my life. Now, some of you have been in situations where you definitely have. I had never been hungry, I've had head hunger. But hear me, I had never had one hour in my life that I knew what it was to be physically hungry. And I began to understand something that ended up being a tremendous gift that I had no idea what God wanted to do in and through me. So that was a piece that God was doing in me physically that took place around day three. Carrie, as you recount what God was teaching you through this process, anything else you want to add to that?
1: I started realizing that I had compartmentalized my life. And I think a lot of us do this. I had my spiritual life and my physical and my mental, and, and I didn't see those as being one. Um, we, and, and like Brady has said, there's nothing wrong with eating. Uh, we do a lot of things. But I realized that food was a crutch for me because all of a sudden when that was taken out, food gets us out of uncomfortable situations all the time. Because when we're with new people, we can eat, we can Go to the food table. We can. It really is something that keeps us out of uncomfortable situations. And I realized that I had compartmentalized. Well, what I do with my food life has nothing to do with my spiritual life. And in actuality, they were one and the same. And uh, the verse First Corinthians ten thirty one. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And when I had read that scripture before, it's the whatever you do part. Well, whatever I do, I give you glory, Jesus. I give you glory. You know, that's the way it worked for me. But I forgot the whole. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And as we share our convictions, we've told many, many people that what God has convicted of us can be very different than what he convicts of you we feel that this is our journey this is our path this is what God has sent us down but I realized that like I said earlier that food was clogging my ears from hearing from God because I was allowing it to be an idol I was it was an addiction for me in my life and and so I realized that they were one and the same and then I needed to have my spiritual my mental and my physical all belonged to God there weren't parts of it that just belonged to me
0: Amen. And something began to shift in the Wise Heart House around day three to day ten. And it was this realization from the Lord that we were not miserable. And I began to feel better. And you know what I think I anticipated and sharing in the future would be is, oh, let me tell you the deep, dark pain that God brought me through. We didn't experience that, it was the opposite. In fact, it gave me a whole new understanding to this Matthew 6 uh, passage that when we are fasting with the purpose to focus on God, He gives us strength. And so when we disfigure our faces and we walk up the science central steps like we are just some bump Eeyore on a log, it is taking away from what God wants to do. and, and, And I found the exact opposite was taking place. And so something began to happen in us physically that was of great spiritual significance. I began to feel better, and and Carrie and I began to start going to the gym while we were not taking in normal nutrients. What was strange to me is I was not weak. What was strange to me is I didn't feel lethargic. I was done at 9 o'clock. The staying up to 1 a.m. was kind of like not possible, but he was giving me strength for what I really needed to do, and some byproducts, these secondary blessings that came is it was this... This sense of when I would go to bed, it's kind of like that in the inner chamber room with the very presence of God. After you've spent a day like we had this morning and you're just worshiping Him and and pressing in and, and He's so close you can just taste Him and touch Him. You would go to bed with that sense and you would wake up with that sense you would find yourself going through the regular routine of rituals and things you needed to do through the day that were just responsibilities and tasks but they were an act of worship because God was was blurring these lines of what was spiritual and what was physical and what was your job and what was ministry and it just it was all of it what he was calling me to do and calling us to do and so that was a blessing to see that God was his presence was so tangible and real another highlight that I began to see is what I thought needed so much preparation. It needed preparation, but not in the way that I had loved to prepare. I love going into a meeting having answers to questions. I hate it when I'm in a meeting and I don't have an answer to a question. So I want to anticipate every question there is. I want to come up with an answer of everything that I can think of, and, and we'll make our best logical decision together. And I found the Lord in this time was directing me in a different position to, to listen more. I vividly remember meeting with a friend over a certain topic here at church, and the friend outlined four things that he wanted to talk about, and I felt the Lord say, no, we're going to talk about the first one, not the other three. And so as gently as I could, I said, you know what, I appreciate you sharing these things. I don't feel clear to talk about the other three, but let's talk about this one. That friend was so receptive of that. God took that meeting, and it was amazing. And I started to go, oh, there's probably a better way to do meetings than when I've been doing meetings. And so this fasting began to permeate every area of our life. Let me fast forward so I don't lose you in this. Uh, But something also began to take place as we went farther on in this fast. It was not just what God was doing in us, but it was this almost... What we dreaded, now we were afraid to end that. It was such a precious time. I knew God was calling us to eat again, but I thought, I don't want to move out of that. And Carrie, why don't you share with us as we were moving back towards, uh, I guess, normal eating life or whatever. What was that process? What was God doing in you through that fasting period?
1: Well, when I spoke about day 25, which was the day that the Lord asked me if um, he was all I needed. Um, The Lord began doing some other works in our life in saying, yes, the fast will be over and you will begin to eat, but you will begin to eat differently. And so it's as if we went into this fast and it had nothing to do with food at all. It was about hearing from the Lord. And we came out learning that the Lord wanted something completely different for our lives in our obedience. And so we as a family, a really cool moment Uh, happened the other day I don't know Brady if I've even shared this with you but um Caden was along for this whole ride which was really awesome we asked her to pray and she did a media fast she did um, a fast from television which was really neat for her she asked us if she could fast food and we said no you're still a growing little girl and um I think she was glad for that um because she got to pick her meals the whole time which was really cool for her um but it was really transformational in our family as well, uh, to talk with Caden and to walk her through this process. But the other day she sat down in a chair in my living room and she said, mom, this chair is so important. And I said, why? And she said, because this is where you and daddy told me about the fast and we prayed about it. And, uh, so seeing that transformation happening in our little girl's life, um, where we saw her seeing us make choices to follow the Lord and it radical what radical obedience um so we knew that the lord was calling us to a different lifestyle to a change um because he had called us to change and uh, there was more obedience to come after the fast was over
0: amen the lord brought to my mind as carrie was sharing uh i want to be careful not to share the successes without the failures in this story and so as we were diving into radical obedience and Mentally walking through the gymnastics of not eating, I just thought, you know what? Uh, I've read the Bible through in 30 days before. I'm going to read the Bible through once, if not twice, over the next 40 days. And so as we were going through this fast, I began to muscle through large portions of Scripture. I, I felt like I've got no excuse Some of you have jobs in the world where you're not able to study the Word that way during your day job, and and I don't have that excuse, and I thought, I'm going to just muscle through this, so I began to start reading large chunks of Scripture. This is a good thing, but it was a drudgery, and I was just limping through, and and one morning the Lord said, what are you doing? I'm reading your Word through in, in 40 days, if not once, twice. He said, did I ask you to do that? Well, no, but I'm going to do this for you, and it's going to be good. He said, I just want you to soak in passages of Scripture. And there was a little bit of disappointment. I thought, well, man, I wanted to check something off the list. And God said, this is not about your list. Remember, this is focusing on me. And, and uh, I missed that. Uh, I didn't hear that clearly. And this was a, a beginning of an opening where God said, look, look, here's a difference between you doing what you think I want you to do and doing what I'm telling you to do. And God began to sharpen that uh, in my ears over that time. As we came out of that fast, as I shared that there was kind of this uh, grieving of the end of this time, uh, the Lord began to paint a picture for Carrie and I that he was going to bring food back in our life, but it was going to be different. As Carrie said, it wasn't about food, but it became about food for us, and the Lord convicted me of a food addiction in my life. So Brady, I want to free you from that food addiction. And what was now about food quickly became not about food as I focused on him he began to remove that stumbling block and I'm sure there's more challenges and trials to come in that but that was a blessing I share this with you tonight and I wrestled a week or two ago and I felt prompted to put this on the schedule God this is our core on Sunday night what do they need to hear this for many of them have taught on fasting they have walked with God long enough that no doubt this has been a part of their practice I don't know what else to tell you other than I wanted to be obedient to the prompting I felt God put on my heart. And if this is a spiritual discipline that God has blessed you in, I want to challenge you, celebrate what God has done, and experience that again. If this is something that is new to you, back to your outline as we close tonight, there's a number of different types of fasting. Scripture would, I guess, define a normal or a a typical biblical fast, being a total fast or water only. This is not the only way to fast, but friends, I want to tell you of the great blessing. It's not only okay, but it's advisable to walk before you run. If God tells you to do something specific, you do that. But maybe fast for five or six hours and allow God to bring things to the surface that are there. Another type of fast is, is a juice fast. Uh, I don't have time tonight, but some of the secondary benefits that Carrie and I both experienced through the fast were identical, though God called us to different aspects on what we ate. And so if that is something that's a stumbling block for you, know that there is tremendous benefit even through a juice vegetable or fruit juice fast. The Daniel fast. I've got a couple of great books that I could share with you. If you're interested, talk to me after about a Daniel fast where you're eating fruits and vegetables and some nuts. And, and this is a biblical pattern of saying I want to cut things out to focus in on God and, and still bring some nutrients into your body if that's some need that you have physically. And, and then also a media fast. Carrie mentioned Caden's desire to participate in this. Uh, we didn't feel like that it was safe for a child who's still developing um to not take in nutrients at this time Uh, we could tell that she was greatly influenced by what mom and dad were doing but we didn't want to deny her the the joy of joining in what she felt god was calling her to and so we just walked through different types of fast and there's a bunch of others and she made her decision for this and uh, we decided to join her in that and so we had a double whammy no food no tv and family night began to look real different (laughs) We began to play versions of horseshoes in the living room and all kinds of family games that became uh, a, a great joy for us. And uh, cooking together for Caden was, was a new fun thing. But I share this with you tonight. God has been so faithful. The freedom that he has brought for us has been so, so good. And I want you to know that God is speaking very clearly. He started with Brady and then he began to talk to me clearly for Carrie and Caden and he's speaking just as clearly for us as a congregation and I guess my heart tonight is I want to invite you in to the discipline of fasting however God calls you to it may be what John Wesley set up for all of his ministers is a regular fast maybe a day a week John Wesley was noted that he would not ordain any Methodist preacher if they did not fast Wednesday and Friday. There wasn't a lot of freedom in that. If you want to fast Monday and Tuesday, too bad, you're not being ordained. But it was Wednesday and Friday is what he felt convicted on. But this has been a part of our pattern to say, you know what, hey, could I make a conscious decision that in and of itself, me not eating, it's not a hunger strike, it's me not trying to manipulate God. But God, could I say no to something, even something good to create space for you to show me that you are all I need? One of the highlights for me in the fast, you witnessed it, whether you know it or not. I don't know where my brain was, but it didn't cross my mind one of those weeks during that 40-day fast when I was serving communion or leading us in communion, and, and I took a bite of that wafer, and ho-ho, my mind was on anything other than church at that moment. I hadn't eaten anything for, I don't know, 20 plus, maybe 30 days at the time, and I just thought, seconds? Is that, is that allowed? And as I took a, a drink of that juice, I mean, it was like laced with sugar. I hadn't had anything else. And I was like, whoa. And then the Lord just whispered to me, Brady, do you know this is the only nutrients in your body at the moment? And, and it changed my perspective on communion and changed my perspective on the means of grace he gives to us through the Eucharist and the table. And, and it began to see that, you know what, I can survive on him alone. As we close tonight, I'm going to pray for us. Um, I, I toyed with if we'd have a question or answer time. And, and I think maybe what I'll do is Carrie and I are going to hang out here. If, if you'd like to talk to us, we're not experts. But we are big fans of what God is doing in us and what I know he'll do in you. We're going to hang out for as long as we need. If you'd like to talk about that, we'll do that. But I want to pray for us. And, and would you ask God to impress on your heart what it is he may have for you? in the area of fasting. And then after we close in prayer, if you'd like to dialogue some more, you come on up close. We'll talk and we'll brag on God from one generation to another. Yes. I think I did very good that was operator air down here operator not up there operator uh, We're, we're going to pray together and then paul's going to share what god's been doing in-